This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Houston proud and Houston strong. Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Astroline. The official preseason show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. How about the Astros? Live from West Palm Beach, Florida. Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Starts now. Now. And greetings from Duffy Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis Street. Robert Ford joined by Steve Sparks for another edition of Astro Line. And, uh, you know, a week from today, the Astros will be on a plane back to Houston to get ready for the season. You know what I call that? A week from today, you know what I call that? What do you call that? The first day of defending the title. There you go. Isn't that catchy? Still two more exhibition games after next Sunday, in, in one in Houston, one in Sugarland, both yep. against the, the AAA Sugarland Space Cowboys. But How quickly has spring training gone? It's gone by fast. It's flying. It, it, it flies because uh, it's been interesting. There's not a whole lot of competition as far as positions on the field, but just to watch these guys get ready, uh, tie in with the World Baseball Classic, it's been a beautiful spring training thus far. It certainly has, and we're going to hear from Astros General Manager Dana Brown here in a little bit, and, and really the, the biggest news in spring training for the Astros so far happened yesterday, of course, Jose Altuve getting hit by a pitch in the World Baseball Classic, playing yep. for Venezuela by Daniel Bard of Team USA, suffering uh, a fractured right thumb, going to have surgery here in a few days. And we're gonna, obviously going to talk about it more with Dana Brown here in a little bit, but, you know, that's uh, a significant blow, and all you can do is try to, you can't replace a Jose Altuve. You just try to do your best to fill that spot. That's right. You always, especially at this time uh, of a season, you always look for the, the silver lining or maybe best case scenario, and for Jose, who's played in so many postseason games, 92 of them since 2015, so much extra wear and tear on his body. Maybe at the end of the day, this is a silver lining to get a little extra rest. And the other thing for me is that my first thought when it happened, thank goodness it wasn't August or September. Right. You know, you miss Jose in, in the playoffs or in the postseason. He's so important to this team. Uh, you'd really be in trouble in that regard. But uh, it's an opportunity for somebody to step in. You know, we talked about during the broadcast today that there's probably four or five guys that, that have opportunities that are in camp right now to step up and maybe claim a spot. Certainly, and I mean, one guy that certainly jumps out, and he started at second base in the game in Jupiter against the Marlins today is, is David Hensley. We got to see what he could do a little bit at the end of last season, and then he got to play in the postseason, got a base hit uh, in, in getting a start in the World Series. And, you know, certainly when you think about the, the possibilities for second base, he certainly is the the youngest of the group and, and maybe offers the most offensively. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's hard to imagine. And I couldn't believe it last year, this time when he was in minor league camp 
Somebody said, hey, he can play all over the infield. I said, there is no way this six-foot-six guy can play shortstop or second base, but I'll be darned. If you look out from our broadcast booth and watch David Hensley play, you would never guess he's as tall as he is because of his, his feet action, his movements. Uh, he looks more like he's 6'2", 6'3", but very athletic, uh, certainly capable to, to mix in and do a good job. And before anything, it, it seemed like David Hensley and Mauricio Dubon positioned to be kind of the two utility guys, and Dusty has done a really good job of moving them all around. We've seen Hensley play both corner outfield positions this spring. Yeah. Of course, Mauricio Dubon can play the infield and outfield. Uh, so, I mean, that's why you have guys like that. Yeah, you have them to, to give guys days off and things like that, but you have guys like that in case you, you miss someone for an extended period. I think it's unique, Robert, to, to have two utility-type players. Right. It looks like even coming into spring training, we can ask Dana this later, but you know, a couple of guys on your bench that are able to play so many positions. Now, David Hensley played three outfield positions each year in college. Then he went to shortstop. He got drafted as a shortstop. So we know he can move all around. Dubon, who, who excels uh, on defense, playing center field and shortstop. The Astros have a lot of different you know, possibilities to, to fill in. Absolutely. And I know you like to go onto the backfields and look at some of the, the things going on in minor league camp. You went to the backfields the other day. Has I know you haven't seen a whole lot back there, but has anybody jumped out at you that you may want to let Astros fans know about? Well, just yesterday, Colin Barber, who's a, a top outfield prospect for the Astros, had two homers in the double-A game against the Mets. Matthew Barefoot with a grand slam in that game. Justin Williams, who was just drafted in 2021 with an opposite field homer just in a stretch of about 30 minutes, uh, coming away from those games, and you're saying, man, that's a lot of outfield production right there in just, just a few minutes. It, so uh, there's a lot of guys out there, especially yeah. pitching in my eyes. Yeah. I think the Astros are loaded up on some really good arms. Uh, we're seeing Ulola. We saw Jaime Melendez mm -hmm. earlier in spring training who has a little bit of that hop like Christian Javier on his fastball. Tamarez. Uh, an exciting prospect from the right side, too. So there's a lot to go around. There certainly is. And uh, you think about some of the, the more established guys when you talk about the pitching. Um, and, you know, we saw Frober Valdez look pretty, pretty good yesterday. Uh, Christian Javier pitching today. And, you know, you, you hope to, to continue to see what we saw from, from those guys, but, but several others going into 2023. There's a method to what the Astros do. And there, I'm certain, there's certainly a plan. And, when you look at the rotation, four of the five pitchers in the rotation uh, had their highest output of innings pitched throughout their career. Right. So, and it was a pretty good uptick when you look at all of them with the postseason and all that. So when four of your five have taken that big uptick, you're, you're going to have to scale back a little bit and, and shave an inning off here now and then, spread out, get them an extra day from time to time, and, and just wrestle with that. And they're doing that, I think, a little bit in spring training right now. They're not pushing these guys to a big-time limit. But when you do that... I think roster-wise, and we'll ask Dana this, you're going to need somebody to cover some innings in the middle of a game, especially right. if somebody gets knocked out. And that's why I think we're seeing Ronel Blanco get stretched out. We're seeing Belak throw four-plus uh, at, at the end of the game today. So just have enough guys. Seth Martinez has gone two innings, seeing guys who can cover some more innings. You know, the Astros have really been spoiled with not just the quality of the starting pitching, but they only needed seven starters last year. That was tied with the Colorado Rockies for the fewest starting pitchers needed uh, in the 2023 season. You know, that's, that's great, but you can't count on that every year. You can't. You better not. You always yeah. have to assume that you're going to need 10, 12, 15. You know, you, you've right. got to plan for that anyway in case something does happen. So that's where they are, you know, and Dana certainly knows, you know, what it takes to, to be a champion. He was with the Atlanta Braves who have a great model 
in place there as well and, and probably tinkering with the Astros with some of the things they were doing with Atlanta and, and trying to figure some things out. But uh, his background, uh, well suited to, to carry this team to another, another level even. Absolutely. Hey, join us on Friday, March 31st, as the players get their World Series ranks and fans get a replica World Series trophy. Be part of Astros history as the 2023 season kicks off against the Chicago White Sox. You can get your tickets at Astros.com slash promotions. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros general manager Dana Brown as Astroline continues live from Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach. Your Houston Astros leveled up this season and won the World Series. And the Houston Astros do it again. World Series champions. Stop by the Astros Union Station team store to pick up your World Series champion jerseys, T-shirts, hats, and commemorative items to celebrate the Astros' second World Series title. The Astros team store has everything you need to shop for that special someone. Stop by Monday through Saturday for the latest Astros merchandise. Or visit Astros.com slash team store to learn more. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit Astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. The Astros Buddies Club, presented by HEB, is the official kids club of the Houston Astros and is the coolest way to show off your Astros pride. For just 30 bucks, kids 12 and under receive an exclusive Astros jersey, hat, drawstring bag, lanyard, and four vouchers for an Astros game. Join the club today at astros.com slash buddies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Astroline. Coming to you from Duffy Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. Hey, don't forget the Astros close out spring training with a home and home versus the AAA affiliate Sugarland Space Cowboys March 27th and 28th. It's next Monday and Tuesday. Get your tickets for Tuesday's exhibition game at Minute Maid Park at astros.com slash SGT today. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks, pleased to be joined by the new general manager of the Houston Astros, Dana Brown. I guess you're still new, right? Got hired in January. I'm still new, and I'm pre- I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Have you gotten hazed yet? No, I'm good. <laughs> Who would haze you in that locker room if somebody was going to haze you? Anyone that wants to be sitting down or fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, unfortunate news. We were talking about it in the first segment here before you came on, Dana, about Jose Altuve suffering the fractured right thumb on the hit-by-pitch in the, in the World Baseball Classic yesterday. Now, that happened uh, while the Astros were playing, because they were playing at night uh, last night. Right. Um, how did the, if you could just go back as much as you can share anyway, as to kind of how the, the, the process went in terms of you finding out and, 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 and you know, getting word to, you know, talking to Altuve and, and going through the next steps. Yeah, so it's a dark cloud, first of all, um, you know, because you can't replace a, a player like Altuve. Right. So uh, I, I'm out actually trying to scout for the draft because there was a player playing, uh, uh, George Lombard's son, actually. Okay. He was playing like 40 minutes south, 
And, you know, so we had our game, and then I, you know, I'm leaving the game, and I'm finding out that, uh, you know, this happened to Altuve. And so it's crushing. It's a crushing blow. But, you know, we're the Astros, you know, our World Series champion. We're going we're gonna to bounce back. And, uh, you know, we're excited that, you know, we have some internal candidates that uh, we feel good about. Uh, but at the end of the day, you cannot replace an Altuve. Is it a situation where you can't, do, you can't change anything about it? So the culture typically in a major league clubhouse, you say, all right, next man up. We, we've heard the cliches. But it's an opportunity for a few guys, isn't it? Yeah, so I talked to Dusty today, and he, um, you know, he had a meeting with the guys. And he talked to them, and he says, hey, you know, sometimes these things happen. And, you know, when you're World Series champions, no one's going to feel sorry for you. So you have to, you know, strap it up and, you know, keep it moving. And, you know, you get Altuve back, uh, you know, whenever the doctors say we're going to get him back. And then, uh, you know, you strap it on. But it's, it's not an easy uh, task. But at no. the end of the day, when you're the World Series champions and you know people are coming after you, you have to be ready. How good do you feel about the fact that you have some internal options? Because I think a lot of teams in this situation automatically, you know, you're on the phone, you're, you're looking to make a move, and this is a tough time sometimes to, to make moves at this point in spring training. Yeah, so we're always on the phone in terms of trying to figure out how can we create depth, right? So right. I'm a depth guy. I always think about depth. That's why I talked about, like, making Blanco depth in, uh, early in the year uh, in spring training here. Uh, but so we're, you know, we're always thinking about that. But at the end of the day, you know, we do have some internal candidates uh, we feel good about. You know, Hensley, who's been, he's very good. Uh, he can play multiple positions. I think about like Zobris. I remember, you know, I, we were in the American League East when I was in Toronto and you used to see Zobris. He would play multiple positions. So you got a guy like Hensley who's very valuable. And I told the guys, hey, this is a really good draft. You know, you guys took this guy later in the draft. And when a guy, you know, when a guy like Hensley has a chance to step in and plug a position for Altuve, and like I said, you can't replace an Altuve, but you can get production from other players that can, you know, keep you afloat. So, Dana, the plan right now is for Altuve uh, in a few days once the swelling goes down to have surgery, and then you go on from there? Right. And so, so the, the one thing is like everyone wants to say, OK, what's the time frame? We, we don't know the time frame. You have some yeah. guys that heal faster than other guys. I sure. mean, I've been in baseball for 33 years. You know, some guys can heal a lot faster than other guys. So we have to let the doctors do their thing. You know, let the swelling go down, let them get the surgery and we'll find out a little bit more and we'll, you know, we'll get back to, you know, the fans. And we've got a great fan base who's pulling for us. We hope we got some prayers going out for us. We need all of that. We'll take everything we can get to get Altuve back on the field. You know, you, you brought up something a moment ago or alluded to something a moment ago about Ronel Blanco. And uh, he got stretched out to three and a third innings on Thursday. He's going to start again in the Astros next spring game on Tuesday against the Marlins. And uh, he was a guy pitched in. Uh, one of the first games of the spring, pitched an inning, looked great. And you said, hey, why isn't this guy go back out there for another inning? Right. And, you know, you talk about creating depth and to, to be able to stretch somebody out. What, what goes into that process? First of all, what did you identify with Blanco? And what do you see in a pitcher who uses a short reliever that makes you think, okay, this might be a guy who could be stretched out? Yeah, so in the scouting world, we say if you don't have a vision, you're going to perish, right? So right. I had a vision. I saw this guy. He comes out. He throws an inning. He's got really good actions. He's throwing strikes. He's got three pitches. 
And I'm like, man, why can't this guy start? I think I said it on air when we were talking. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I, I sat down with the, the manager, Dusty, and then I talked to the pitching guys. And then I said, hey, let's try to stretch this guy, this guy out. Uh, worst come to worst, he'll be a multiple winning guy, right? And uh, you don't lose anything. Right. And I, and I told the guys, look, I'm not an expert, but if you can pull the plug at any time. And I'm glad that he's throwing well, and we're going to see what's going to happen. So. What was that meeting like with, with Blanco? Did his eyes kind of light up? Because it sounds like he, he's kind of into it. He, he likes the thought of being able to stretch out and be more valuable. Yeah, so when I started talking to him, he didn't know what I was saying, so I had the interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he really um, understood what I was saying to him. Yeah. And I was speaking to him, uh, you know, not only as a general manager, but as a scout. And I said, look, you know, in scouting, you have to have a vision for some of these things. And um, at the end of the day, you want to create depth because when you have depth in your rotation, you can win a lot of games. And I talked to him about, um, like, last year we, when, uh, when I was with, um, you know, the Atlanta Braves, we put Strider in a rotation. We won 14 games in a row. And I, I, I always say that if you have depth in your rotation, you have a chance to continuously win every night. And that's what it's all about. It's all about winning. So, and I know the, uh, the Astros fans were excited about the club, and we want to keep them excited. And as I said in my first interview, we want to get greedy with winning. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about that rotation depth. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that depth right now? I mean, obviously, Lance McCullers Jr., he's, he's back to playing catch, which is good, but he's going to be delayed at least to, to when his season starts. How are you feeling about that rotation depth right now? Yeah, I, I think when you have a guy like Brown that will step up, that's like a, a shot in the arm. That's really good. you got a young starter who's coming in, and he's, has, he has a power arm with a really good cutter. Uh, so that's really good. And then if you throw a Blanco in there, and you know that you're going to get McCullers back at some point, now you're starting to create some depth in the rotation. And I think if you have a good rotation, if you look at it this way, the rotation's good. Every night that you go out, you have a chance to win when you get a good start. So uh, we want to keep the winning going here, and uh, that's what we want to do. Create starter depth, and as, as, as everyone knows, our bullpen is really good. Right. So we can shorten the game, and if we get good starts, we're going to win the baseball game. So. We kept talking about last year, Dana, that the bullpen was really good last year, not just because they were very talented, but they were – Kind of refresh and stayed fresh because the starters went a little deeper with that six-man rotation. Might not need that six-man rotation in, in month one with the off days, but month two, what do you think? So here's the deal. So I, I, I can say this because I came from Atlanta. We won in 21, right? Yep. So last year we had a better team, but we lost. Why did we lose? Because the Astros were doing something that was very smart. They had six-man rotation, and they were, the starters were well-rested. Their pen was well-rested. We limped to the finish line, and we lost. The Astros plowed through and won, right? Why? Because they had a six-man rotation. They had starter depth. They had a great bullpen. If we can, can, if we can keep that going, we can keep winning. So you like that six-man model? I, I like the six-man model because what happens is your guys are healthy down the stretch. As you know... The, 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 the season's 162 games, so it's a long season. It's yep. a grind, and these guys are doing all they can. And at the end of the day, if you have, that, if you have a really good rotation with a really good pin, your guys are well-rested, 
You have a chance to just plow through the season. You have a chance to plow through the, the dog days of August. And you have a chance to plow through, um, you know, the playoffs, which is what the That's Astros the did last right. night. So. so, and also, too, talking about, you know, possible six-man rotation. You know, you look at the Astros rotation last year, talked about how good they were, but... Uh, you know, Framer Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, these are all guys who had career highs and in innings and all are still, you know, relatively young in their in their big league careers. Does that factor into it as well to to make sure, you know, because I know that's always something you want to be careful about is not overextending someone too much in terms of when you take, think about innings. So it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you can keep the innings down at the end of the day, your, your arms are going to be fresh throughout the entire year. And you have a chance of running tables. You can you can really do a good job if you have that depth. And I'm a big depth guy. Like I, my guys will tell you in the office. I keep telling them like, hey, we need depth, 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 depth. And that's that's a big part of uh, this game because the season is so long. Right. It's not like other sports where they they don't have as many games. The baseball season is a marathon and it's a grind. And you have to have depth in order to win. We, we've heard from Dusty Baker, Dana, a few times. And he's kind of been educated. And he's open-minded enough to, to realize what Taylor Rhodes, the strength coach for the Astros, and Jeremiah Randall, the trainers, they do such a good job of managing the load of a lot of these players. And even when a guy's having a really good week or two weeks, you know, if they've been on their feet and running a lot, Dusty... You know, didn't really want to, but he'll, he'll leave a guy out of the lineup just to, to make sure they're productive all year long. I, the one thing I noticed when I got here, um, so we have so many different departments. Like, you have tail in this group. You know, you have the analytic group. You have all these groups that pick up the slack for the entire organization. Yeah. And when you have all of these groups working together, I'm telling you it's pretty special. I, I can, I've been in the game for 33 years. I can tell you that there's not this going on in the game. And I talk to our guys about how well our pitching guys do with the analytics stuff. And then you have these guys who keep, make sure that these guys are ready to play and they're getting stronger and they're monitoring how these guys are doing. I think it's pretty special. I think an organization that's winning and that's had the run that, the, that they've had here and I'm so proud to be a part of it now that that's how you win and sustain winning long-term is when you get all of these different departments pulling in the same direction and you got a chance of doing well long-term. And you bring up a good point too, you know, that, that co cohesion is so important to, to a, a successful organization. Why is that so difficult to pull off a lot of times? You've been in a few organizations, as you mentioned. Why is that so difficult to pull off, do you think? It's a small word called ego. You know, you yeah. got guys that worry about this and they're worried about that. And I think here, this is the, we have a situation here where, you know, we, we create an environment where guys have an opinion and you could uh, relate your opinion and you can talk about, hey, this is what I think we need to do to get better. And when you have that family atmosphere and environment, now, I'm not afraid to tell you what I think. He's not afraid to tell you. She's not afraid to tell you. And now we can put all the pieces together, and then we got a chance of being pretty special. Dana, you were a former player, and it probably made you a better scout. Uh, how does your scouting career going to help you as a GM? Yeah, it's all. So 
every day it's it's all about evaluations. In fact, sometimes I go out with my wife and she's, she'll tell me, well, why do you have to evaluate everything? I said, it's probably a part of who I am. So some, sometimes I do that to a fault. But as a scout, you know, you... You look at these players and you, you get to learn what's good, what's bad, what do you need to win, and you start putting the pieces together. And when you've done that for your entire career, you're making evaluations every day about, hey, this player's here, that player's here. And you know, so that's why I was able, I was able to see Blanco for one inning. I was like, wait a minute, this guy looks very familiar to the starters that I've seen in my career. Yep. Why isn't he starting? Let's put him in a starting rotation. So those are the advantages you get as a, as a scout. And so I, 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 I like to use that and exercise that, um, you know, as I go forward. And the other thing is you have to be humble enough to listen to other people. Mm. You know, one of my best drafts, I'd say, all the time was when I was with the Washington Nationals and we took Jordan Zimmerman and I didn't see him as good as other people. So I had to be quick to listen, slow to speak, listen to what other guys had to say. And, and so you learn all these aspects of scouting, and then you could apply that to what you're doing, and you could build a good thing. I think about you evaluating right now. There's so many players on the major league side and the minor league side. What are you doing right now as you evaluate, guys? Are you taking notes? Do you have a notepad? Do you do it in your phone to take notes and, so you can kind of refresh yourself with some players? Yeah, so it's interesting that I never get away from my scout sheet. Like yeah. I have my scout sheet with all the names and then I'll take notes, and then I'll ask questions at the end. And so when we have meetings, I'll start talking, and I'll say, hey, I noticed that this, this guy did this, this, and this. And so you start to evaluate you know, the players, and then you get a conversation going within the organization and with, within the scouting, within the uh, coaches, and you get this conversation going to try to get to the point where you make the best decision for the organization. And you have to realize it's not about me or it's not about the scout and it's not about the coach, but it's about the organization because the fans come to see the players and the players are part of this organization. And if you're going to win, you have to get everyone's opinion. At the end of the day, I have to pull the trigger, but I have to learn to listen to. You know, when you come to a new organization, especially in the role that you're in as general manager, you know, there, there's so many players, but it's not just the players. It's also all the people, all the people in the front office and, and, and just various people that you, you come in contact with that you, you know, you're trying to get to know and understand what everybody does and their strengths and weaknesses. Does that sometimes seem overwhelming? And um, does it sometimes, do you sometimes have to ward against being too impatient and like being like, okay, like I need to take a step back and know I'll, I'll, in due time I'll learn all of this, but it's going to take time. Well, I'm overwhelmed now because I, I'm in a new organization with hundreds of people, right? So I'm trying to learn all the names, and I feel bad because I don't know all the names. And look, I, I'm experienced. I grew up in a family of 12 people. I, you would think I could pick up names really fast. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the end of the day, uh, learning the organization, learning what the strengths are of this person and that person, I think that's very important. It takes time to do that. Uh, but I, I, I want to absorb what I can absorb from all the people, find out what, these, what their strengths are, and then uh, try to make a, the best decision for the organization. It's not easy, uh, especially when you come into a new organization. Uh, you, you start to get comfortable after two or three years with one organization, but at the end of the day, you come to a new organization and you really you have to take notes. You have to have a cheat sheet with the people's faces and the names and you feel terrible when you don't remember something right. I'm saying. It's, 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 it's awful. 
Uh, but I take pride in it, you know, because I want to remember everyone's name. The, the guy that, when I pull up, the security guy, you know, the guy that's making a decision on who we should pitch this week. I want to know everybody. It takes, it takes a little time, but I keep telling them. I introduce myself. I promise you I'll get you after a while. All I right. can't imagine this transition that you're going through right now could be any easier with a manager like Dusty Baker, who's so personable, uh, easy to communicate with. What are you hoping for in your relationship with him on a daily basis? Yeah, Dusty's pretty special. Um, I, and I tell Dusty, I said, look, I grew up in the 70s watching baseball. You know, I was born in 67, but I grew up in the 70s watching baseball. I saw you play for a lot of years. And so to be talking to you, it's pretty special for me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, I have a job to do and I have to communicate to Dusty and say, hey, you know what? I feel differently about this. You feel strongly about this. And so we have to work that out. So I think it's very important for the organization. And we, the, the good thing is we both are free to express what we feel without letting our egos get in the way. And at the end of the day, we're going to pull the trigger and do what's best for the organization. It's not going to be a personal thing. It's going to be based on what the organization needs. All right. We'll have more with the Astros general manager, Dana Brown as Astroline continues live from Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis and on the Houston Astros radio network. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. The Houston Astros do it again. 2022 World Series champions. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. The Astros Championship Trophy Tour, presented by Wood Forest National Bank, is here. Relive the magic of the Astros' 2022 World Series run as the Commissioner's Trophy makes its way to over 100 stops in Texas and surrounding areas. For your chance to see the World Series trophy, visit astros.com trophy to see where the trophy is headed next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Astroline, coming to you from Duffy Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. I'd like to remind you, every Tuesday night is Dollar Dog Night, presented by Texas Chili Company at Minute Maid Park. Enjoy $1 hot dogs all game long, every Tuesday night home game throughout the season. Visit astros.com slash dollar dogs to get your tickets to the next game today. Once again, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by Astros general manager Dana Brown. and uh, Obviously a, a monumental moment in someone's career you mentioned you've been in baseball for 33 years 
finally become a general manager. You had interviewed for GM jobs in the past, finally uh, landing in Houston. Uh, when you think about your, your journey, you know, started as a, as a player in the minor leagues, got into player development, then scouting, became a scouting director. Who are some of your, your biggest influences, some of your biggest uh, mentors in the game? Yeah, probably my biggest mentor is Omar Minaya. So uh -huh. Omar Minaya, first of all, he scouted me as a player at Seton Hall University. And then we competed against each other as scouts um, in the Northeast. And then he hired me as a scouting director for the Expos that became the Nationals. Right. And so he's probably the biggest influencer on my life. And, uh, you know, I love him to death. Um, and so he, he's done a lot for me. It seems like you run across some of these scouts, and they're a little older, a little crustier, I would imagine. And when you first got into it, I would imagine you're a little intimidated just even having conversations. But what was the first thing that, that some of the, one of those older guys taught you on how to evaluate a player? So it was easy for me because those older guys that scouted me, uh, I had known them because they scouted me. Okay. And so when they told me, they were like, yo, you were a really good baseball guy, but not that great a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, uh, you know, I had to learn to be a little humble and uh, I learned from those guys and, um, you know, those guys taught me, like, the basics of scouting, you know, like to, to stick with the tools of the player. And the biggest part that we're starting to talk about now is the makeup of the player, right? And so when you talk about the makeup of the player, you're ultimately buying into people, right? Whether you're going to hire them or whether you're going to date them or whatever you're going to do, you learn to understand who this person is. And when you buy into the person and you buy into the player, that's a big part of scouting. That's, yeah, that's a good point. And you first, you first became a scout with the Pirates in 94, but you spent two years after your playing career ended in playing the player development for the Phillies, which is the organization that drafted you and you played in their minor league system for a few years. And I, I always think it's interesting because I've known plenty of baseball people who prefer player development and coaching, plenty who prefer scouting. And it, it seems like uh, for you know, most people in, in the game, really have a preference for one or the other. How did it lead to you becoming more interested in the scouting side than maybe working on the coaching player development side? Yeah, so this one's easy. It's a layup. So as a player development guy, I used to pack up and leave home in February and get back in September. I'm not signing up for that. So as a scout, I would, you know, go on the road for 8 to 12 days, and then I could get back home every now and then. So when you have kids and a wife, it's like, oh, man, you, you leave in February and you get back in September. It's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Right. And so they would come visit you and things like that. And so your love of the game, you don't you never lose the love of the game. But in terms of scouting, scouting was definitely an area where I wanted to be because I felt like, you know, I could still be heavily involved in the game, but I'm not going to miss out on seeing my family, so, which is very important to me. Tell me a little bit about the nuance. When you're watching and evaluating a player and you don't really get to know them, you know, you don't get a chance to talk to them very much, what's a nuance in a body language that you buy into? Yeah, so some of these guys will tell you who they are. You know, uh, for example, you may go see a player and they may 
uh, you know, hit a pop-up and not run it out or something like that. Or you may say you may see them given like their, you know, their leadership or their coaches some static. And, you know, you may say, hey, this guy cannot uh, accept criticism or he, he does not follow leadership. And so some of those things you can see, uh, even if you don't meet the player. Uh-huh. Uh, but the but I don't think there's any substitute for meeting the player. I think it's very important for what we do, because ultimately, as I said before, you're buying into people. And when you talk about that, that of meeting the player, meeting the family, too, is a big part of it as well, if, if you can, in terms of scouting, right? Yes, the family is very important because I, I got to be honest with you. Like we've noticed that in scouting, a lot of the military families, uh, because they've been in different parts of the country and because they have this structure, they've done very well, you know. And so we find out that in certain families, you know, guys really get the discipline, and they're not they're not afraid of failure, and they can mingle with other people. And so that's even a big part of it. Um, so, but ultimately, you try to put the pieces of the puzzle, puzzle together and you try to figure out uh, what is it about this guy that's going to make him a major league player and a, and a good one at that. A couple of times I've heard you mention in interviews the Astros' first rounder from last year, Drew Gilbert, outfielder from University of Tennessee. And it sounds like you scouted him pretty heavily when, when you were a scout with the Braves. What do you like about Drew Gilbert, and is he going to come over to the big league uh, team next week and maybe get in a game or two? Well, I can tell you this. The, I can promise you the Astro fans will love Gilbert. Why? He's a high-energy player. Yeah. He's a top-of-the-lineup guy. He's a very good defender. He has power. He has defense, and he can really throw. And by the way, he loves to win. That's perfect, right? Absolutely. Is he going to play next week in a big league game? How about him playing in the big leagues, period? I think he's going to get there. Um, I think at the end of the day, we'll, you know, we, have to, we can't bring him along too uh, quickly because you know, the worst thing that can happen is you know, he was nursing the hamstring and you bring him over to a major league game and he tries to do too much and he re-injures it. Uh, so we have to take it slow. Okay. But I could promise the Astro fans that you guys are going to love this guy. I think he's the type that's going to be a crowd favorite. Um, with his energy, his will to win, his personality. And by the way, you see, he's not afraid to accept a little criticism because I jumped on him when, he, when we got to camp. I said, hey, what's going on? How are you hurt? We need you. What are you doing? So, and he, he handled it very well. So I, 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 I feel like there's going to be big things for this man's future. In the, in, in, in very his, nice. In, That's in high praise. You come from an organization of the Braves, particularly the last few years. You saw the Braves promote some guys pretty young. Michael Harris II, wound up winning Rookie of the Year. Vaughn Grissom, those are just a couple of examples. Uh, and, you know, you hear people talk about, well, this organization uh, pushes guys to the big leagues a little quicker. This organization takes things level by level. How do you see that, and, and, and how do you make that determination? How much is that, is, is that based on the player? Yeah, a big part of it is the makeup, and, yeah. can he, and can he handle it? Right. Um, I believe that you have to challenge players. I think players all play this game to play in the major leagues. And so when they have the talent and they have the makeup, I think you have to challenge the player. And I'm not afraid to go with young players. I, I'm just not. I think that young players keep the energy in the game. And at the end of the day, if you're a good player, you're going to move. You know, and if you can get on top of your game, you're going to move. 
So um, I, I like young players. I think the young players keep the older players honest. And the older players are like, oh, wait, this guy's coming. I better get my stuff together. So at the end of the day, I think it's a good thing. I think it brings energy to the uh, dugout and the clubhouse and all of that. And so young players are the way to go. Dana, you mentioned that when you got hired that in your previous interviews to, to become a general manager that you never got to, to sit next to the owner and, and have conversations with the actual owner of those teams. But when you got to uh, with the Astros, you said it clicked with Jim Crane. Uh, what were those conversations like? So basically the conversations were like this. Jim has a deep appreciation for bringing players into the organization that can make an impact to the major league team and ultimately win. And I think he felt that in Atlanta and some of my other stops in baseball that I've always signed and drafted really good players. And I thought he felt there was a fit. And I think he has a deep appreciation for good players. And um, I think when we started to talk, we hit it off. And he was like, hey, this is my guy, obviously. And, you know, he, he hired me. How much did the previous GM interviews that you'd had help you prepare for, for this interview and, and for that first opportunity to talk, talk with, with an owner in that sort of setting? Yeah, so we, my previous interviews, I talked to more of the president, not the owner. Yeah. Um, and you, you get to learn about, you know, the or, different organizations. And at the end of the day, it was even, I thought it was a little bit more difficult because I was coming into an organization that was already winning. And then for the other organizations, they were pretty much at the bottom. They were trying to get their way to the top. But talking to an owner that was already familiar with winning and being that I was coming from a winning organization, I think we spoke the same language. And um, at the end of the day, he said, hey, this, this is my guy. You know, Dana, in years past, the, the Astros have had a, a bullpen and a really good bullpen. And sometimes uh, it's been without a left-handed pitcher. And you guys have a few guys in camp right now vying for maybe a left-handed spot in the bullpen. Do you have to have a lefty? I think a left-hander is important. I, I think one area where a left-hander is important is sometimes you have the best left-hand hitter coming up and you want the best left-hand pitcher to face that left-hand hitter. I think right-handers can get left-handers out, but I understand a manager's feel and, and need and want to go get the lefty to get the lefty. You know, particularly in Dusty's case, because Dusty's been around the game a long time, and he's, he has had the opportunity to watch left-handers get other left-handers out. So I respect that. You know, we, we worked hard to get Matt Gage, for example, in the camp. I think he's 93 to 95. It's a really good cutter. And I think he's going to be a good piece and an option for Dusty down the road. Um, you know, we're still evaluating him as to if he makes the team or not. But at the end of the day, he will be a piece. And the Astro fans will see Gage at some point, you know, in the big leagues. There's a balance there, too, between, I'd imagine, yeah, you want to have a quality lefty to get lefties out. But, you know, I've been in situations where I've seen teams where they, they you know, they, they bring someone makes the team out of spring training because they're left-handed even though there was maybe a pitcher who might have been a better fit for the team who wasn't left-handed, who was left off. Yeah, so Dusty, at the end of the day, he believes in getting the 27 outs, right? Right. And so I think he's going to always put the best guy in with the best matchup. You know, I, I don't fault him for, like, wanting a left-hander, 
But at the end of the day, I think if, you know, if Dusty had a lefty down there and he had a righty with a power arm, I think he's going with the righty with the power arm, and he know he could blow the guy away. So, but, you know, in terms of having a lefty, sometimes you need that lefty because the hitter probably is hitting, like, below 200 against the lefty. And so sometimes you feel good about the matchup. Right. And so some managers want that left-hander. And, um, you know, we'll do it whatever we can to get Dusty the pieces that he needs uh, to, to, to get through the game. Dana, if Michael Brantley's not ready at the, the beginning of the season, is Justin Dearden an option? Yeah, Dearden's playing well in camp right now. Uh, he's definitely opened my eyes. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we feel like Brantley uh, is just like maybe the first week, uh, you know, first week, second week of the season. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, it's tough to answer that right now. But sure. I, we, we were definitely giving uh, Dearden a really good look. And we've been excited because he has power and he can throw and he can defend and he's left-handed. So at some point, the Astro fans will see Dearden. Um, I can't tell you right now he's going to make the team, but we're really scouting him, and that's why he's still in camp. And Jordan Alvarez sounds like he's making good progress. He's taken batting practice a couple of times. And, uh, could see him in the game here over this next week. Yeah, I think Alvarez is right on track. Um, I think that he's got a good chance of, of being ready before, you know, when the season starts. Uh, his hands are feeling great. I talked to him today. Uh, we had a nice little conversation. He, um, you know, so he's feeling really good. I think what we have to do is we can't rush it and we can't give him too much of a workload too soon. Um, I think if he continues to progress, um, he's got a chance of starting, you know, the season. But at the end of the day, it'll be sh it'll be right there at the beginning of the season or shortly after. And then once he once he jumps in there, we can't give him like too much too soon. We have to gradually, you know, early in the season, break him into his little spring training mode and then he'll take off after that. It used to be a position that was really thin in the organization, but uh, you watch now and it seems like there's four or five really good uh, options at catcher for you guys with Corey Lee, with Yiner Diaz, and I like Stubbs and I like Salazar. There's a few options now. Are you excited about your catching depth? Yeah, catching depth is very important to me. I think the, the, the whole catching thing is becoming a two-man job, you know, because there's so much of a grind to catch. And then you, when I was in Atlanta, we, we had two guys. And I think the grind of catching every day for 162 games, those days are over, right? I think that it's, a, it's a job where you have to split it up. There's a lot of information that goes in. So it's not just a physical grind. It's a mental grind. And I think splitting up that job and then, um, you know, giving one of those guys a chance to DH, I think that's important, and it makes them fresh throughout the entire season, which you guys are very used to seeing here in, in, in Houston. Uh, fresh arms, you know, you can get fresh arms, fresh catchers, and fresh bats. Yep. That's, that's a good recipe. Dana Brown, Astros general manager, you're off the hot seat now. I'm off the hot seat. You're off you, the only, hot. you only cried twice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about wine or anything like that. I mean, oh, we got. Don't worry. We'll do that. You know, we have show. you on every Sunday. We're going to get a wine recommendation from you. I, this is a promise. We right. do the GM show okay. every Sunday during the regular season. We're going to get some wine recommendations from Dana Brown All on right. the GM show. That's going to happen in 2023. I, I promise right. that. But Dana Brown, thank you so much for joining us. And we're really glad to have you in the organization. Thanks, thank you. Thank you. We'll be back for our final segment of Astroline, coming to you live from Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach and on the Houston Astros Radio Network.
Your Astros are World Series champions, and the Astros Team Store has all the best gear you could ask for to celebrate that championship. Get the official World Series champion on-field collection, plus jerseys, hats, t-shirts, memorabilia, and guess what? A whole lot more. Visit astros.com slash team store for store hours and info. And welcome back to Astroline, coming to you live from Duffy Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. And don't forget, the golden era of Astros baseball is here. Celebrate the 2022 World Champions at the Gold Rush event at the Union Station Team Store, happening now through midnight. Come get all your gold Astros gear, then take pictures on the Astros throne. That's right, there's a throne. Visit astros.com slash gold. For more info, Robert Ford with Steve Sparks. Got to look at those gold jerseys, which were revealed today. Astros are going to wear them on opening day, which is March 30th, against the White Sox. And they're also going to wear it the second game of the season, March 31st, also against the White Sox. That's when the rings will be distributed, and we'll get a look at those championship rings. Excited to get this, this, get this going. I am. I'm going to go to both of those games. Uh, well, thank goodness. I no. was very worried. There we I was go. very worried. I love what Dana Brown said. He yes. loved the way this organization has different departments, but they all mesh. They're all pulling together, and he thinks that's what makes them great. And you and I know we've been around enough to know that that's, that's not common. That's not always the case, and, that, and that's so important. It's not, you know, but they've got a great formula, and the only way to sustain the success that the Astros have been able to do, and it looks like they'll be able to do it for the next few years, is to have that. Yeah, and I mean, just so personable, and I'm really looking forward to the wine recommendations during the GM shows during the season. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> like to thank everybody who made tonight's broadcast possible. Our studio producer is Josh C. Our producer engineer is Matt Boltz. And like to thank everybody who showed up tonight here in downtown West Palm Beach at Duffy Sports Grill. For Steve Sparks, I'm Robert Ford saying so long. This has been... Another edition of Astroline at Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach and on the Houston Astros radio network. I love players, please. I love, I love. It's more than World Series. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the official off-season show of Astros baseball. It's time to get soaked. Time to get wet. Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astros are world champions, and here we go! Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag AstroLine on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Back to you!